Hello everyone and welcome to Reddit News Daily. Today, on July 30th, we have a couple of stories in Malicious Compliance. The Malicious Compliance subreddit is where I have to comply with everything you say, or you might take me for everything I have, which I don't have much, so please <laughs> enjoy. So our first story is from Corian0226. And the title is, Can't Use My Cell Phone at Work? Have to send text to me when you want something. I used to work as a manager at a small business. I was the only employee on site during the day, so I was expected to answer the phone, check in deliveries, help walking customers, etc. Anytime they came in. Because I constantly needed to be available, I didn't have a real lunch break. I would just eat my lunch at my desk when I had time. One afternoon, one of my bosses called me on the office phone and very casually asked, Hey, what's going on? What are you working on? I told him the project I was in the middle of, and he said, Really? Because I've been watching for the cameras, and you've been messing around on your cell phone for the last five minutes. I explained to him that my fiancé had texted because there was an emergency that had come up, and I was trying to help him handle it, give him the account information, logins, and passwords, etc., since I was working and couldn't handle it myself. His response was, I don't care. I don't want you to catch you on your phone again. I tried to explain that I didn't get any breaks or anything during the day, so I didn't have any of my own time to handle things that may come up, but he didn't care. So knowing full well that the owners, the other managers, the staff members constantly texted me throughout the day whenever they needed something, I complied. The next day I came in and I left my phone in my purse. I had a smartwatch so I could see when I got a text but didn't answer. Because when I wasn't allowed to be on my phone, after two days of me ignoring the request during the day and then only answering their text after leaving, saying, Sorry, I didn't see your text because I'm not allowed to be on my phone at work. I've already left for the day. My boss came in and told me we needed to have a discussion. He called me out on my malicious compliance, but also acknowledged that I was essentially locked in the office eight hours a day. So going forward, I could take a half-hour lunch break where I didn't have to do anything else. And I was also allowed to use my phone during the day, as long as I didn't abuse the privilege. And uh, OP posted an update edit. For everyone commenting that it was illegal for them not to give me a lunch break, that's not the case in my state. Breaks are not federally mandated. Well, OP, it sounds like you got your justice, you know, how, how small it was, but this uh, this rule about not having a lunch break and it's not fairly mandated, I don't know what state you're living in, but I think I would raise some hell over that because everybody in where I live, you get an hour for lunch, and, that, and you have to take the entire hour. So, OP, glad you got your justice. And glad that you can use your phone. And good luck on your marriage. Our next post is from HSAYS. Don't fix the toilet because it's Friday. Thanks for the two-week paid vacation. So, I'm a physician and I work in this clinic a couple of years ago. It's 4 p.m. on a Friday. We have no more patients scheduled. I come out and check with the receptionist and notice there's a stench sewage coming from the bathroom. Everything looks fine, but the toilet flushes a little snow. The smell brought flashbacks when this had happened at my own house six months earlier. 
I came home from work one day and my shower and bathroom floor had overflow with sewage and other stuff. My dog stepped in and walked all over the house and I'll never forget. Oh man, sorry about that. So I tell my receptionist to call our office manager and building maintenance. They said they'll come check it out Monday morning. I said there's going to be shit in the halls and if we wait till then. We called a second time and maintenance department sends a guy out. I can already tell he's ready to start his weekend early so he peeks in. Doesn't check anything. Doesn't even flush the toilet. He comes out five minutes later and says it's the air conditioning. I said it seems like a plumbing problem. Not sure why the AC unit would emit such a stance of shit. But I do know I'm just a doctor. He said don't worry about it. He'll get the AC guys to come on Monday. I called the office manager and said she just let maintenance take care of it on Monday. I gave it the college try to convince someone to come fix it, but no one wanted to call someone in on a Friday afternoon and stick around to see it through. Not my job. I decided to close the office and go home. It's 6 a.m. in the a.m. in Monday morning. I get woken up by a call from a receptionist and the office manager. The toilet had overflowed and flooded the clinic with two inches of sewage. It soaked the carpet and up to the drywall. We rescheduled all our patients for the week while they replaced the floors, tear out the base boards of drywall, replace the drywall, and have a professional hazardous materials cleanup crew to sanitize and clear us to see patients again. All in all, it was a total cost of ten to fifteen thousand dollars for the cleaning and repairs. I got two weeks off of pay since I'm salaried. My salary for those two weeks was around ten thousand dollars. This doesn't include the three hourly staff nurses and receptionists that were paid to sit and answer phones telling patients we were closed. Who knows how much money was lost not seeing the patients and billing insurance. I estimate the total cost was about $50,000. My contract had ended two weeks after that, so that final month was quite nice. Oh my god. I, just because... How did he think the air conditioning was emitting an odor of, you know, sewage. Where did that logic come from? Yeah, it's the air conditioner. It's got poop stuck in it. And not even check the toilet. I mean, are are people taking a dump on uh, air conditioners and pissing, pissing on the HVAC units and stuff? I mean, is this what we're supposed to do? I thought that's what we use the toilet for. Or, as it's known as the loo. Or, in Australia, the water closet. So, anyways, I'm glad you got that kind of money just sitting at home doing nothing. Congrats, OP. And moving on to I'm a 314 lot. I am a 314 LOT. No phone use in the aircraft operating area. No exceptions. Fine. We will do it your way. Alright, this is posted again due to popular demand from a similar phone-based malicious compliance that story that I responded to. There will be a too long don't read at the bottom. Of note, I'm a mobile, college-educated, so all formatting spelling errors on my own. Anyways, here we go. Before I had all of my pilot ratings and my job flying, I was working as a quality control supervisor for a fueling company at a major U.S. major airport in the United States. My job had me as the person ultimately on the hook for the correct and safe operation of all fuel equipment for the company as well as one or two responsible of personnel trying to use said equipment. 
Basically, 80 pieces of machinery and 160 people were my problem at any given time. Sure, I had bosses that had responsibilities, but the poop ran downhill to me, and the fuelers bitched up to my level, so I, I got it from both sides. Standard policy for being on the AOA aircraft operation area, i.e. the RAM, is an absolutely no cell phone use. This is for safety as the environment is full of hazards and even a momentary distraction can be disastrous. Well, as I supervised the entire operation, I couldn't simultaneously monitor the six different radio channels we had. As such, my work phone was routinely my communication device as I would get calls from fuelers, leads, management, maintenance, airline operations departments, fire inspector parts, expire, etc. Heck, I even had my own secret service agent call me for VIP flights, not just Air Force One, but any visiting head of state. To say my work phone was electronic leash would be an understatement. I was standing near the terminal building in the area far removed from the aircraft but still part of the AOA and the ramp patrol. Airport compliance officers essentially saw me, didn't care for no reason, and issued me a citation. Get to me these and your ideas revoked, effectively getting yourself fired. Okay, no ramp. Got you covered, boss. Pretty soon airline reps couldn't reach me as such after aircraft delays went up. The fire inspector couldn't reach me, so equipment was tagged out of service for minor things easily fixed. The airport duty manager, ADM, person in charge of operations of the airport, couldn't reach me, so all hell broke loose. I told everyone when asked that I was merely complying to the rules as I didn't want any more points on my ID as I prided myself on rules of compliance. Sort of have to when your business says quality, quality control supervisor. About three weeks into to all of this with seven delays, ten in a year is a bad thing already hitting us. The ADM calls me and asks if I was available for the afternoon. I go up to the office and he explains they are amending the rules so they are allowed the use of cell phones in the designated area away from the aircraft as well as any stationary vehicle. Also, my citation will be wiped. Now would I please start carrying my phone? I laughed a while, for a while with that small victory. So basically, the TLDR work provided me a work phone, and it was constantly being used to run quality compliance of a company filling aircraft at a U.S. major airport. Airport rules say no cell phones on the tarmac area, no exceptions. After three weeks of me being reachable and causing millions of dollars in contract fines, the airport authority amend the, the policy to allow phones in safe areas. <laughs> Congrats. Um, the top uh, the top response to this, uh, I love it. The best complies is when they have to make new rules to respond to it. Congrats, OP, on your victory on malicious complying. I mean, you're just following the rules. And, yeah, you don't want to get any marks, especially if you're wearing a badge that says quality control is supervisor. So you want to be following those rules, and you did. So you complied, and then when they have to make a change to a rule they already have, ugh, I, I imagine those fines were in the high seven figures. Okay, um, do one more story, and that'll be it for the day. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Don't need soundproofing? Roger that. This is posted by Untrustworthy Fart... <laughs> 
Note, some details kept vague or slightly fudged as I still work for the organization or would, look like, or would like to continue to do so. Therefore, I can't really get any specifics of work, which is still ongoing edits for the spelling. In short, I used to do some work for a complex of labs which were leased out to reachers, some of which were specialized, some were in general purpose. Each year, some tool and admin would interrogate us on exactly why we needed a particular feature or a specialized lab. If we w couldn't make a strong business case, we'd get turfed out of one of our shared general purpose labs. This would net more money for the complex as they collected leases from multiple users for each shared lab. One year, I was asked to defend my use of a heavily soundproof lab while by writing a business case why an experiment needed to be done in absolute silence. This was actually just a premise. The reality is, is they wanted to clear us out and open the lab up as another shared space. I calmly explained that I couldn't write this as there was no need to conduct my in, experiments in silence. I was therefore agreed that I would shift my equipment to a, a new lab and do some calibration trials there with someone from the site administration supervising to see if the new space was available. Skip to the day of the trials. I have to say it was quite refreshing to see a creeping sense of realization wash over the administration dude's face when I turned up the hefty pair of ear defin deafeners with earplugs underneath. In the case, the realization that the soundproofing wasn't to protect my experiment with sound, it was to protect everyone else from the sound of my experiment. I explained during the calibration trials, we would just send out a series of white noise bursts to receive microphone and check the sound pressure ready by the mic that was close enough to see what was supposed to be sent by the emitter. We then adjust the gains accordingly. The administration watches I keyed up the test sequence burst five hundred burst duration one second interval random volume one hundred and forty decibels context one hundred and forty decibels is roughly on par with the report of a twenty two rifle. The labs were in about the size of a largest bathroom. It took exactly eight bursts before I was politely asked to desist, and I agreed I could return to the soundproof lab. And, uh, let's see down here, uh, the, on the comments, uh, yeah, 140 decibels is loud. Um, I know that, uh, 140 decibels was nearly broken at the Kansas City Chiefs football, uh, football stadium when they had a, when they had a full fan base. And that place actually shook from the vibration of all those people hollering. So, 140 decibels, that's loud, and that is very annoying, and you, you could believe there would be some popped ears. So, anyways, congrats on uh, getting your, uh, your, man, your malicious compliance, and uh, I hope, again, that they've learned from this lesson that you know, some people have to have certain labs when they're doing certain experiments and certain trials. Anyways, this has been Reddit News Daily. Today's stories cover malicious clients. If you wish to uh, follow me, uh, I, I'm on Twitter at Reddit News Daily. I am also on Reddit as well as forward slash 
R77. Until tomorrow, enjoy the news for today.